Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Rewind. Alright, wrapping up another big day of Fantasy Football. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Rewind. I am Scott Engel, the managing director of RotoExperts.com. I'm the king. I am fantasy. Bringing you the recaps of everything that happened and looking forward ahead to the next week. Along with my good friend, and I feel for him today. He's in a lot of pain as a Giants fan. I hope he can make it through the show. Jim, fantasy Taz Day. Jim, uh, I don't know if it gets any more painful for you than it did today with uh, uh, the know, Giants losing look. on the 63-yard field goal. <laughs> You know, it, it it was what it was. I, I would have much. It would have felt much worse if they would have lost on a forty-yard field goal. But the defense stepped up. They held Caroline at the end of the game. You know, the guy just made a terrific kick. I'll take that over them letting Carolina drive far enough in to make it an easy kick. So it is what it is. It was a very up and down game as a Giants fan, like it usually is. Yeah. Uh, what was the final score here on this game? On the Giants game. Yeah, uh, thirty-three to thirty-one, right? Right. Yes. Yeah, I don't think I don't think the defense stepped up when they gave up thirty-three points. You know what? I'm not listening to you. They stepped up <laughs> at the end of the game when they didn't allow Carolina at the last minute to just rush down the field. They held them up pretty well. It was a sixty-three-yard field goal to win. Get over it. That's painful, though. But uh, that You're defense. <laughs> James Conner, not painful if you had him, Jim. Uh, the, the Steelers, uh, at least at least holding up this end of what the over-under was supposed to be as they win 41-17. to And uh, James Conner, especially if he had a da- daily and a big day, 21 carries, 110 yards, four, and two touchdowns, four catches for 75 yards. Yeah, a crazy day. You know, this is his second game of the year where he's had uh, over 100 rushing yards and two rushing TDs. And the funny thing about this is that uh, Le'Veon Bell has never had multiple 100-plus yard rushing games and two rushing TDs in the same season. As a matter of fact, he's only done it three times in his career. And so far, James Conner has done it twice in five games. Yeah, bounce-back performance for Conner. People are starting to wonder about it, but now – you know, the questions start uh, you know, gaining momentum more about when Le'Veon Bell comes back and what his role is going to be. Connor has played so well, and you can't expect Le'Veon Bell to just be slotted in as the full-time starting running back when he comes back in week seven. So, yeah, this is why I was trying to tell people trade Le'Veon Bell because you basically missed more than half of a fantasy regular season with him. What do you expect Connor's role is going to be by week eight or week nine? Well, I still expect him to get touches. There's no doubt he's played well enough to do that. But let's face it, Le'Veon Bell, you know, once he gets back up to full speed, which might take him a game or two after missing all his time, but once he does, he's still the better back than James Conner. 
I mean, there's no doubt about that. He he is one of the best, you know, backs in the history of the NFL. James Conner has had a few good games. Yeah, but the the one thing is though, we have to note though, and I'm sure you agree because you you've been watching football for so long, and you know that's why, you know, you're the fantasy Taz Jim. Uh, you know, what you were talking about is that uh, missing all that that time without training camp, you know, makes him a conditioning and injury risk, Le'Veon Bell. Oh, absolutely. It, of course, introduces that into the equation as well. But, again, they, the Steelers don't really have anything invested in him long term. So once he comes back, they can run him as much as they want without really worrying about long-term repercussions because he's probably going to be on another team next year. You know, why – you know, put Connor out there each and every down when you have a great running back sitting there and you don't care what you do to him. Your guy, Odell Beckham Jr., was very upset about the state of the Giants' offense during the, during the week leading up to this game against Carolina, and uh, he produced like we finally expected him to produce eight catches for 131 yards and a touchdown and also a 57-yard uh passing touchdown to Saquon Barkley. There was some jokes going around on uh, on social media about you know, how maybe the Giants have found their quarterback of the future with Odell, but it, look, we knew, we knew the positive touchdown regression was coming at some point. Yeah, no, absolutely. We were looking forward to it, and you know, he also made a couple of bonehead plays in this one, including that uh, punt return where he, the ball hit off his leg and they ended up scoring on it. It is what it is. Uh, but, you know, he is the first player in the Super Bowl era with 50-plus passing yards, a passing TD, and 130 receiving yards and a receiving TD in a single game. First person ever in the Super Bowl era. So, you know, it, hey, you got to see those things where you get them. wasn't the greatest pass to uh, Barkley, but it was enough to get the job done. Well, you know, it was a floater, but, uh, you know, it certainly worked. And it, I think it showed that, you know, this is something that they've worked on in practice here. But I think, but you know, he's definitely got to be happy about, you know, what happened today uh, in terms of getting the ball. What do we make with Isaiah Crowell? No yards last week. This week, 15 carries for 219 yards and a touchdown. Uh, no rhyme or reason, it seems like. This guy's becoming like the Deshaun Jackson of running backs. Yeah, this was a pretty nuts uh, game from him. He just went off. You know, he had the two monster runs, the 77-yard touchdown and then the 50-yard the run in, on the opening drive of the third quarter for the Jets. Yeah, you know, you, what are you going to say? You, you can't see games like this coming. It just doesn't make any sense sometimes, but that's how this game plays. Yeah, and uh, Devontae Adams, uh, he was able to play through through that injury, through the ankle injury, but – uh, there, there was I was getting some questions on social media, like, should I bench Devontae Adams? I'm worried he's getting double teamed. I'm worried about his health. But uh, it was only a minor ankle injury, nine catches for 140 yards and a touchdown. Right now, is Devontae Adams a top three fantasy wide receiver in your mind? He's been scoring every single week. Uh, yeah, I think I have to put him up there, no doubt. I mean, I think he'd even be better with a healthy Aaron Rodgers. But, again, this is why, you know, you can't sit Aaron Rodgers. We both had our doubts about Rodgers coming into this game with his two other starting wide receivers out for the week. And yet he goes up and puts, you know, number one fantasy quarterback numbers up this week. Yeah, I think uh, I think maybe Rodgers, you know, used – use my ranks as bulletin board material because I actually had him ranked outside of the top 12. You know, the numbers weren't consistently good coming into this week. He had a depleted receiving core. And early on, 
you know, it looked to be a good call, but game flow worked in Rodgers' favor, and then he ended up with 52 passing attempts, 442 passing yards, and uh, and three touchdowns. I guess I'm never going to say bench Aaron Rodgers again. <laughs> well, you know, that's again, we didn't expect this to happen. We didn't expect Detroit to get up to an early lead, uh, especially after those two quick Blount touchdowns in the first quarter alone. Uh, you know, two touchdowns in the first quarter for Blount this week. That's as many touchdowns as he had all last season. Yeah, it's uh, but not a lot of rushing yardage. Antonio Brown with his biggest game of the year so far. Six catches for 101 yards and a touchdown. And uh, who? speaking of who two thought this coming, you know, what's that? Two, touch, two touchdowns. Yeah, two touchdowns. Uh, Robbie Anderson, who would have thought that coming too? Uh, three catches for 123 yards and two touchdowns. But Robbie Anderson's been incredibly up and down. Uh, you know, Sam Darnold just seems to like him as a niche, deep, deep target. And you can't count on that every week with a rookie quarterback. No, you absolutely can't. But here's a couple of stats on that. Uh, this was the longest Jets TD pass since Vinny Testaverde hit Leon Johnson for an 82-yard score back in 1998. And then also, the last time nice. the Jets had multiple 75-plus yard plays in a single game was back in Week 2 in 1972 against the Colts. Both plays from Joe Namath to Rich Caster. Um, yeah, just, just wow. unheard of. You just going back to no Richard Caster. How about that? <laughs> I just thought they were incredible stats. I had to share. Yeah, very nice, very good. That's what. That's why we. That's why we brought you here, Taz. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was for my good looks. I, I thought you needed the eye candy. All right, let's not get crazy now. All right, uh, TJ Yeldon, ten carries for fifty-three yards. But, uh, you know, he's versatile, eight catches for 69 yards and a touchdown in a decisive loss to the Chiefs. He's not quite as talented as Leonard Fournette. Uh, you know, I don't think he has that weekly stealing, but it's, you know, inside injuries say Fournette could miss four-plus weeks, uh, three-plus from now. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think Yeldon's going to continue to be a high-end RB2 while he's out. Hey, as long as he keeps getting, you know, pass attempts, and no doubt about it, uh, you know, I had 10 targets today. you got to love to see that for any running back. Uh, converting eight of them is always nice. Gives you a nice floor to work with each and every week. And anything he does rushing-wise, it's just gravy on top of that. Yeah. You're making me hungry, man. You're making me want to have meatloaf <laughs> right now. Oh, meatloaf. I love meatloaf. He was great in concert. Back no, in I'm the talking day, about anyway. the food. Oh, oh. <laughs> Meet, well, okay, first, first about the singer. You know he's a huge fantasy player, right? Yes, I do, absolutely. Yeah, I interviewed him once when I was at ESPN, and he said his goal was to be the top ESPN Uber player, which means he was playing every sport on the site, including fantasy bass fishing. Oh, really? Fantasy bass fishing? Well, it's yeah. a new one. Um, never tried that myself. Yeah, I, I like I don't actually know bass if... fish. I've never fantasy bass fished. Yeah, I don't know if ESPN still has the Uber thing, but they used to have like they graded you on an Uber rating, like if you if you with uh, all the different sports, yeah, with all the different with all the different sports. Yeah, I remember that. I don't know if they still yeah. have it. I haven't used ESPN like that in a long time. Yeah, but when you when you talk about meatloaf, you know, like you make me think of Boston Market. <laughs> That's funny. When I talk about meatloaf, it makes me think of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Boy, you're, you're really digging back in the archives, aren't you? <laughs> yes, I am. Well, I figure yeah, if I'm going to work Richard with an old Caster, guy, bring the, out some the Rocky Horror stuff. Picture Show. 
Now, where is this guy going next? I don't know. Uh, if you bench Kenyon Drake t- t- today, uh, you were a little disappointed seeing him in your bench. Only six carries for 46 yards, but seven catches for 69 yards and a touchdown. Still, there's no rhyme or reason to his usage, and he's really not being uh, u- utilized at all in the running game. Yeah, no, absolutely. Once again, Frank Gore outplayed him in the in the running game, and you know it was because Drake got, finally got involved in the passing game that gave him this good week. Uh, we have to see if that trend continues. We know he could do it. They just haven't been using him in that way. And, you know, when they're not using a person that way, it's hard to trust them in, in any given week. So if you did bench him this week and it went against you, of course, what what we know now, it was the right move to make. It's just like a bad beat in poker. Go all in with the best hand. And if you end up losing that hand, so what? That is right. Today was the right call was not to play Kenyon Drake. All right, now he's quoting poker. Look at this guy. He's all over the place today. In a good way. <laughs> all right. Uh, Adam Thielen with another huge day today. 66-yard uh, catch and run. Adam Thielen set an NFL record for being the first receiver. Uh, actually broke a record set by Randy Moss. Uh, well, he was one of two guys to hold the record. Five 100-yard games to start the season. Could you say Adam Thielen's like the number two or even the number one wide receiver in fantasy football right now? Well, with the way he's going right now, he's number one. Well, uh, you know, I don't know if I'm ready to quit giving that number one title just yet. Michael Thomas still hasn't Brown. played this week. He did yeah, uh, today. Well, Antonio Brown, is until today, has been a little low. Um, yeah. So it, Thielen's been doing it every week. Michael Thomas was doing it every week uh, until last week. Um and he still has it played this way. I still think Michael Thomas is the number one, but Thielen's right on his heels, no doubt about it. 500-yard games to start the season is absolutely nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, and uh, it, it seems that even though Stefan Diggs has been pretty darn good, Kirk Cousins definitely prefers Thielen. Well, he likes using that slot re- receiver, and that uh, you know, comes into play a lot with him, and Thielen is catching pretty much everything Anywhere close to his body, you love you got to love a catch radius like that from a slot receiver. Certainly, Ben Roethlisberger today, two hundred fifty passing yards, three touchdowns, uh, one interception. Uh, also, how about Demarius Thomas with a bounce back game today? Five catches, one hundred five yards, and a garbage time a garbage time touchdown. Thomas has been pretty disappointing until this point, Jim. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, got involved in this one and a lot of this was garbage time but who cares if you're a fantasy owner he got that late touchdown to get him up on the board which was a nice touch uh even sanders was doing nothing for basically three quarters of the game finally salvaged something in that last quarter to get you some fantasy points this week denver just getting you know basically bludgeoned by the jets today 34 16 just not nobody saw that coming Case Keenum, 377 passing yards, two touchdowns, one interception, but he could easily have a bad week next week, so I certainly wouldn't trust him. Coming up next, which Blake Bortles showed up next week? That's coming up next here on the Fantasy Football Rewind.
from the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Rewind. Scott Engel and Jim Day. And if you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entry, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. That's mybookie.ag. Uh, forget having to create multiple lineups. Uh, ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. Before we move on, though, it's like, you know, I've talked about kickers before and how they can save your day. Uh, and sometimes, you know, you get a 12, 15 points from a kicker. And it'll save your day. Boy, it was really painful today if you own Mason Crosby, uh, especially in leagues where you lose points for misses. He missed his first four kicks and made one of five. You know, For people who hate kickers, they, they're going to use this as post-aboard sort of material here. But uh, this just shows the, the, the lack of rhyme and reason for kickers because I believe Crosby was like a top three kicker coming into this week and always a good fantasy kicker. We've never seen anything like this coming. Yeah, it was uh, definitely out of the blue. Uh, again, another one, Dan Bailey, you know, usually Mr. Consistency missed two field goals today as well. It's uh, it's really become an epidemic and why I think we should ban all kickers in fantasy football. All right. Uh, let's move on to some other performances here on the Fantasy Football Rewind. And, uh, and a Cooper Cup today, six catches for 90 yards and a touchdown, but had to leave the game at the end of the first half at Seattle because of a concussion, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see inside injuries. We'll keep us updated on Roto Experts throughout the week. But, uh, you know, concussion could cost Cooper Cup a missed game or so. And uh, Brandon Cooks also had to leave this game with a concussion. Uh, Jared Goff started firing off to his other receivers. But, you know, now you're very concerned about uh, what, what's going to happen here uh, next week with the uh, receivers for the Rams, but, you know, they, they've had, they had some other guys step up when he went down. Even Tyler Higby started catching some passes, but this will be something to monitor in the uh, upcoming week. Yeah, there were actually quite a few injuries today. Uh, you know, the, they think uh, they lost Corey Grant for the season with a possible list Frank injury. Um, Matt Breida left with a left ankle injury in this game. You know, Garcon left with a shoulder injury. That San Francisco offense is, is is completely depleted of all the starters that, you know, were supposed to start this year for this team. Uh, really getting beat up. Goodwin didn't play at all today. Uh, we didn't know this going in, but Anunwa was having a problem with his hands, uh, with his hand, and he actually had to wear a hand brace today. And it was evident as, you know, he dropped two of the passes that were, you know, directed at him, right clanged right off those hands, and that was all he got. He, he didn't catch a pass today, uh, something we didn't know going into the game. That, you know, that's why sometimes these injury reports are very misleading. They don't give you all the information. Uh, 
Cortland Sutton had a leg injury after catching an early touchdown. Uh, on Johnson left with an ankle injury. They say he'll be fine. He has a bye next week. That should definitely help. Um, and J.E.J. left with a, a knee injury. So a lot of injuries out there today. Yeah, I was about to run them down at the top of the hour, but uh, now it uh, now sorry now Jim just got to, to all of them. But uh, you know, my question was though, like uh, you know about these Rams receivers though, it seems like Goff can pick up and maybe not miss a beat. And would would you pick up Keenan Reynolds maybe? Uh, Josh Reynolds, you mean? Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd rush out to pick up Josh Reynolds. You know, they, they still have Robert Woods there. He'll probably be his number one. Uh, Gurley, they'll probably end up using as their number two. Uh, you know, it's really going to be interesting to see how long these guys, both Cooks and Cup, are going to miss, how long they're on the concussion protocol. But it, it, it will hurt the Rams eventually. But at this point, like we're seeing today, they're still putting points on the board. Yeah, they uh they certainly did today. Uh Blake Bortles. Thirty two of sixty one, four hundred and thirty yards, one touchdown and four interceptions. What a lot of people thought was gonna be a really good matchup in Kansas City and it was a popular daily play. Safe to say you probably didn't cash out big time if you had Blake Bortles. And that's Blake Bortles really in a nutshell. Uh, you know, this was his third hundred yard game in six outings without Leonard Fournette in the lineup. But they, this really shows who Blake Bortles is. He'll pass for 400 yards, but he'll throw four touchdowns. It's really extreme. But then Blake Bortles is so up and down. He is absolutely no doubt about it. Uh, he's still got a young receiving core that hasn't quite come together as who is in what job and consistently. But he did help himself out today with that rushing touchdown. Gave him a little bit more of a floor. Helped him elevate his number a little bit. So you weren't a total loss in Dallas Daly if you played with him uh, at, for his cost. But let's face it, yeah, he's definitely – there are going to be weeks where you just can't count on him to put up big numbers. And that's why we don't trust him as a top-12 quarterback every week. You know, I was wrong on Joe Mixon today. I was saying inside injuries. I was saying he was, came back two weeks too early, but he certainly provided more than good enough numbers. 22 carries, 93 yards, uh, three catches, two, 22 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, you know, sometimes you know, it's hard to interpret the fantasy rule of if a guy's active, play him, because you're just not sure how healthy he is. And usually inside injuries will give you some good insight on that. But, you know, I held Mixon out of out of a lineup today because I was just worried about his health. I had Philip Lindsay as an alternative. But, you know, sometimes you know, over the history of fantasy football, it's really hard to tell, you know, what a guy's pain threshold is. That's something you can't compute, even if he came back too early. You know, we've seen in the past where guys are game-time decisions. They'll play through it and they play well. Or a guy will be cleared and... And uh, then he won't play well. I, Brian Westbrook was a great example. The guy would often be a game-time decision, and then he would play really well. No, absolutely. And, you know, we also heard before the game that they were probably not going to give him his full workload. Well, obviously, that didn't come to fruition, seeing as he touched the ball 25 times. Yeah, coaches can be game. liars, yeah. Yeah, right. So, it, you know, it, it's really hard to gauge that when you're not there and not seeing it. And, you know, I like all of the information we get from inside injuries. They have a lot of good insight, but they're not there with the player. They don't do the actual, you know, uh, rundown on the player and see where they're at. They're trying to go by best knowledge, what they know about these injuries. But some of these athletes just don't repair like normal human beings. 
Yeah, I would disagree with the the take that that they're not seeing the players, so they don't know what the injury is, you know, because, you know, team doctors are part of the team, and I think they have enough experience to know what the injury is. I don't think what they can compute is the pain threshold and how the player is going to execute in terms of the injury. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, 17 carries, 58 yards. Five catches, 35 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, you know, not the explosive day that maybe many expected against the Giants, but still, you know, just an incredible floor. Uh, absolutely. Con- continues to get it done. If it's not one way, it's the other. A lot of times it's both, and that's what you want to see out of a running back. Somebody gives you a little bit of opportunity wherever he's needed. And, you know, McCaffrey got that late touchdown that really helped his game, put his numbers over the top and helped us out. Uh, you know, I, I was definitely looking forward to him as I had him in a lot of my DFS lineups. Kenny Galladay, four catches for 98 yards and a touchdown. Uh, is this guy wide receiver one territory yet to you? Not really wide receiver one yet, uh, but he's definitely, you know, top tier wide receiver two pretty much every week now. Uh, he just keeps getting it done. You know, he's been pretty consistent getting targets at each and every week, and his receiving yardage is, is basically paced the Lions this week again. So, you know, it's um, he has no game with less than four, four receptions, which is always nice. And, you know, while they have two other good wide receivers, he's definitely a guy who keeps making big plays. Marquez Valdez-Gantley really stepped up uh, you know, as this rookie wide receiver – for the Green Bay Packers, uh, nifty daily play, emergency seasonal play, seven catches for 68 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you, you f- hopefully, uh, but we don't know if Geronimo Allison or Randall Cobb will be back next week. So, you know, I plugged him into a few lineups and had some success to, there today. You know, they, they, they really liked this kid. And he showed up. No, absolutely. Uh, you know, I did have him in uh, two of my DFS lineups as well, taking the chance that he would step up. And, you know, I didn't even expect this kind of number from him. It was nice to see almost 20 points coming out of him. Definitely value play with the cost he had on on uh, either site, to be honest. But, you know, the one thing that really annoys me with this Green Bay team is they have Ty Montgomery there, and they didn't use him at all in this game, in a game that I really thought they would have to. Yeah, I, they just – you never know with that backfield, you know, what's going to happen there. So, uh, you know, we, that's, that's what I was saying. You know, stay, don't overrate uh, Aaron Jones going into today. Uh, Sam Darnold today, 198 passing yards, two touchdowns, one interception, really only a two-quarterback league consideration. Uh, Wendell Smallwood got in the end zone. Jay Ajayi did fumble near the goal line. Uh you know, Jai's playing with a small fracture of his transverse process, something you can play through. But uh, I think if you're a Jai owner, uh, you have to keep Smallwood as a handcuff because we just know about don't know about the health of Clement and Sproles, et cetera. So somebody keep rostered, especially in a deep league. No, I absolutely agree with you. If you have a deep bench, he's definitely someone to hold, especially if you're in a Jai owner. Okay. Uh, moving down the ladder here. Uh also, uh, today, Keenan Allen, uh, five catches for 90 yards. A uh, little bit of a disappointing day for Allen. and So far, it's been kind of a disappointing season for Allen. Like, like you can't really, like, complain all that much about 14 PPR fantasy points, but I think you expected more against the Raiders. 
Well, actually, it was it was a little more. It was actually eight receptions for 90 yards. So he got you almost uh, 17 and a half points. Today. Yeah. So not too bad. Still not what we expect. We still expect more from him because we've seen more from him in the past, um, especially when, you know, the Chargers are in a game where they have to throw the ball a lot. He's not seeing the numbers that we like him to see. No, cer- certainly not. You know, we're certainly not seeing him get in the end zone. That That's the one thing. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, you're listening to Fantasy Football Rewind, Scott Engel and Jim Day. And uh, Muhammad Sanu today, four catches for 73 yards and a touchdown. He has scored in each of his past two games. You're right. And, uh, you know, we talked about it this morning. Uh, Calvin Ridley, it was going to be hard for him to keep that touchdown. You know, numbers keep going the way it was. And this is the day it came to fruition and just didn't get there he didn't get in the end zone ended up giving you mediocre numbers for the people that started him this week you know meanwhile you know Sanu is just the safety blanket for Matt Ryan he likes having him he's good on third downs he can trust him he knows where he is on a lot of these plays and he's still getting more snaps more targets than Ridley pretty much on a weekly basis Stefan Diggs today seven catches for 75 yards not bad for you know the second guy in that passing game A.J. Green, uh, six catches for 112 yards. Uh, Austin Hooper stepping up with a big day for nine catches for 77 yards. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think this might be the best game of his career so far. I could be wrong. Certainly his best game of the season. But uh, here's another guy with no rhyme or reason. Hooper, Hooper certainly hasn't been reliable. No, absolutely not. There's no doubt about it. You know, it's been very up and down this season, especially, you know, Coming off last week where he only had the one catch for 19 yards. You know, he's seen two other games where he only had three receptions for less than 25 yards. Very up and down. Definitely not somebody you can trust on a week-to-week basis, which is, you know, weird because Matt Ryan in the past has loved to throw to his tight end. But I I guess with the receiving core he has now, he doesn't feel he has to. All right. Uh, Kareem Hunt, 22 carries, 87 yards and a touchdown. One catch for seven yards. Uh, Hunt hasn't quite been the player that we've seen last season, but he's uh, he's certainly over the last three games, you know, he's certainly uh, been more reliable. Absolutely. You know, he's getting more carries, which is giving him more yards. He's getting those touchdowns that you want to see. I still would love to see him get more involved in the passing game, but, you know, I'll take the numbers he's giving me right now because at least he's very consistent. Cam Newton today. Uh, 24, 36, 237 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, eight carries for 29 yards. Christian Kirk uh, with a long 75-yard touchdown reception today for the Cardinals. Uh, you know, we've seen some signs of Kirk in two of the last three games. Uh, as Josh Rosen moves along, do you think Kirk's going to become a you know a fantasy thing here? Well, you know, he did have that one 75-yard touchdown early in the game and then basically caught two other passes for 10 yards the rest of the game uh, into, well, now fourth quarter where they are. So, you know, I'm not really sure he's there yet, but it's definitely good to see him getting more involved. Uh, Getting that long touchdown hopefully gives Rosen a little bit more confidence in getting him more involved. This team needs as many playmakers as they can get. Emmanuel Sanders today, nine catches for 72 yards. We also saw a touchdown from Cortland Sutton. Not a lot of upside from this receiving crew. 
No, absolutely not. I mean, again, a lot of this was in garbage time as Denver tried to come back. Case Keenum looked very bad early on. You know, ended up salvaging his day and ended up salvaging some of these other fantasy days because of it. So we're okay with that. But, you know, Sanders ended up putting up decent numbers with the nine catches, 72 yards. At least got you the 16 fantasy points. You know, right about where he's been averaging on the good days. You know, love to see him get in the end zone. But right now, Case Keenum is just not getting it there. David Moore for the Seahawks caught two passes. Both of them were touchdowns. Uh, you know, they, they've talked about getting this guy more involved. I think some, he's somebody you have to at least keep on your watch list and uh, maybe pick up in a bigger league. Well, again, yeah, absolutely. It's hard to count on that kind of touchdowns when you're seeing those few number of receptions. And, you know, it's not often that somebody's going to get three receptions and score twice, uh, especially somebody that far down the list. But I will say that you had the absolute right call this morning uh, with Doug Baldwin. You didn't like him today at all, and he gets the one reception for one yard. So you were dead spot on right there. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, what I actually was doing my, my lineup optimizer work, on a daily roto, I, I took Doug Baldwin. You know, I unchecked him because I just I didn't I didn't expect anything from him today. You know, they were you know David Moore's a guy that they're going to be looking more to downfield. Tyler Lockett had a big day today as as well. Uh, but you know, Baldwin's playing two two knee two knee injuries. He was nothing but a decoy today. You know, everybody was talking about the matchup in the slot that uh, you know that he that that he was going to do so well with that and. Uh, he was just totally invisible today on a day where Russell Wilson threw three touchdown passes and overall probably had his best game of the year. Yeah, no no doubt about it. Wilson, you know, three touchdowns, you got to see that. No interceptions. Uh, not a ton of yardage in this one, but, you know, you love to see those three touchdowns. I'd like to see him run more, but we haven't seen that much at all this year. All right. More of the Fantasy Football Rewind coming up next. Scott Englund, Jim Day. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Back here on Fantasy Football Rewind. Scott Eagle and Jim Day. And no more dealing with late lineup scratches. No more experts to compete against. Just you with the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag at the promo code FNTSY upon sign up and choose your matchups using the props builder too. Tool that's mybookie.ag promo code FNTSY mybookie.ag promo code 
F-N-T-S-Y. All right. Uh, we saw something of a bounce back game from David Johnson last week, but uh, even better this week overall, uh, Taz. 16 carries for 90 yards and two touchdowns. Only two catches for 60, 16 yards, but uh, you really have to be what you encouraged for what you saw from him as a runner. Yeah, no, absolutely. Liking that again, getting him back involved in, in the games the last couple of weeks is definitely something we we need to see, we want to see more of. And, uh, you know, I'm definitely liking it. You know, it's still not getting returning that, you know, round one draft value, but at least he's being a little bit more consistent, getting used a little bit more consistently, and that's what we need because the more he gets used, the more those numbers will come about. Todd Gurley only 22 carries for 77 yards and four catches for 36 yards, but he gets three touchdowns, so there's uh, there's absolutely no nothing to complain about there. Uh, certainly if you uh, had Todd Gurley today, is the Rams uh, squeaking out a 33-31 to win over the Seahawks. That that game was actually like uh, they were expecting different game flow and uh, maybe a lot of points put up by the Seahawks playing catch-up, but you know, this game actually wasn't decided until the last drive. Carson Wentz, 311 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. The Eagles have to pl- had to play catch-up. You never know with this uh, Minnesota Vikings team. One week they're, they're, you know, they're losing to the Bills at home, and the next, uh, you know, not too, too far after they're beating the Eagles. But, uh, you know, another solid game uh, here for Carson Wentz. I, I, we haven't seen the big blow-up game yet, but, you know, this is nothing to complain about. No, absolutely not. And, again, a lot of this was in trying to catch up time. And, again, fantasy owners don't care. We'll take what we can get, how we can get it. Um, but, he, you know, he played pretty much mistake-proof and not turning the ball over, and that's what you want to see from him. Uh, I did like the fact that, he, you know, put some yardage on the ground. You love to see that out of a quarterback. Gives you a little bit of a baseline to, for them to work off of. Robert Woods, maybe the most underrated uh, receiver in all of fantasy football, gets it done again. Uh, five catches for 92 yards, but also two carries for 53 yards. Yeah, again, you love to see those guys doing multiple things, giving you giving you points from different directions. Um, you know, it's it's good to see Robert Woods right now with the two other guys going out with the concussion is going to be, you know, somebody who's going to have to be put right into uh, a lineup where he's a, a wide receiver two, very high-end wide receiver two with this offense. Tyler Lockett, three catches for 98 yards and a touchdown. We talked about how Doug Baldwin was invisible today. Lockett has actually scored four touchdowns, and Lockett coming into this season was saying that you know, he never he never felt recovered for that 2016 injury last year. And that, now Lockett's healthy. And, you know, he's emerged as the Seahawks' number one wide receiver. And pretty much he's looking like a must-start fantasy wide receiver three right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Wide receiver three, no doubt about it. I mean, he's been double digits every week. Uh, he's averaging close to, you know, about 15 points a game. And you love to see that. That's what you're looking for. Uh, from that position, gives you wide receiver two upside pretty much every game as well. So, you know, I'd like to see him get more targets, but again, we didn't see Russell Wilson throw the ball a ton. He didn't put up a lot of yardage, but he got those three touchdowns, and that helps. Certainly does. Uh, Also, uh, Trent Taylor today, seven catches for 61 yards and a touchdown. We've always heard something about Taylor, but... uh, 
we finally saw something today. Is this going to be a thing, especially the depletion at the receiving crew for uh, San Francisco? Well, if these guys miss him any amount of time, it's going to have to be. they they got to throw to somebody. Uh, you know, if Garcon misses any time, if Goodwin continues to miss time, if Breed is out for any length of time, they're going to need both Trent Taylor uh, and anybody else they can to get to step up and take the play. Uh, there's no doubt about it. They, they are just hurting all across the board. So you're going to see a lot of names pop up from San Francisco that nobody was really counting on coming into the season. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Uh, listening to uh, the Fantasy Football Rewind with uh, Scott Engel and Jim Day here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Here, Jim, every afternoon at one p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Football Net, on the Fantasy Sports Nest, Fantasy Sports Network. As I <laughs> fumble here, I'm like Jay that was and easy Jai. For you to say. Yeah, uh, you can hear him every afternoon at 1 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Football Frenzy on weekdays with more of his analysis. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, everybody's saying, should I bench him? Uh, I'm worried about the weather. I'm worried about the matchup. But this guy's Fantasy Football's number one quarterback, and he's proved it again. Uh, he did throw two interceptions, his first two of the year, but still 313 passing yards and a rushing touchdown. Yeah, not not the numbers we're used to, but of course it's going to happen from time to time. And he was going against the number one defense in the league, and they still blew him out. Uh, you know, they did everything they did could to just push Jacksonville out of this game early, and you know a lot of that was you know Mahomes playing Mahomes like he didn't put the touchdowns on the board, but he was definitely completing a lot of a high percentage of his passes and putting yards on the board. So. This kid right now is just playing very good football. We knew that the interceptions had to come. You can't play in this league without throwing interceptions as a quarterback. You just can't. But, uh, you know, it, it's good to see that he's still highly involved and continuing to play and continuing to win. They're 5-0. and and No matter what you think, you can't really complain about that. Yeah, he's, he passed, he's, he's pretty much passed all the tests at this point. People are very worried about the weather. Like, and I think we need to give more details about weather here, Jim, because it's not just like, okay, it rains, you sit the guy. It's not that simple. <laughs> I, was, I was telling people, you know, you got to check the weather reports. There was no wind. The wind was only five to six miles an hour. And the forecast was for the rain to taper off in the second half. So you can't overreact if it's pouring right before the game starts. No, absolutely not. You know, and it really comes down to whether or not it's windy. That's really when it could affect the passing game. It's not really going to affect the passing game a lot when the rain is out there. They're used to that. They play in this weather. They know. You know, and, uh, you know, look, Pat Mahomes, even though he didn't throw a touchdown today, his touchdown run was his 16th total touchdown pass and rush this season, the most in the NFL. Uh, it's also the first touchdown that was allowed by the Jaguars in the first half of a game this year. Rashad Higgins, uh, three catches for 66 yards and a touchdown. Uh, just seemed like he was stepping forward, and then he had to leave this game with concussion. Yeah, absolutely. He looked like he was getting involved in, and, you know, coming to play, and then the concussion hit, and he went out. And, you know, you, you hate to see that on a young kid who's, who's trying to make his mark. And he was in a place where he could make his mark, you know, as Mayfield. For a rookie, you know, we're seeing big numbers from him in the yardage category. I think everything else comes together, and they ended up winning this game. 
Mike Davis of the Seahawks, 12 carries for 68 yards and a touchdown. Uh, also splitting split some reps with uh, Chris Carson, who had a pretty good day running the ball. His uh, second 100-yard game of the year, 19 carries, 116 yards. Davis uh, looked like he twisted his ankle or suffered a lower leg injury late in the game. We'll have to wait and see. This is a timeshare right now, and Rashad Penny's not part of it. Uh, you know, C.J. Proceis, uh he's already forgotten. This could be a successful timeshare, though, because of how much uh, you know the Seahawks are running the ball lately. And uh, But it seems like Davis might be the preferred goal line option. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Like you say, he did one, go down with that apparent you know ankle injury. Uh, we'll see if that is something that's going to be long-term, if it's, he can come back and play next week. But, uh, you know, he did go, vulture that touchdown early on Chris Carson owners. It really looked like it was going to be a day where it was split 50-50, but then Carson came on strong in the second half. Matthew Stafford today, 14-26, uh, 183 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. A little bit of a disappointing day considering the matchup and how banged up that defense is in Green Bay. I'd say it was a little bit more than a little disappointing. You know, you figure at 183 yards, I'd have to go back a ways to see when he threw for so little yardage. And he only threw the ball 26 times because they got out to such an early start. So that kind of hurts. You know, he's the kind of quarterback where he needs to throw the ball a lot to get good fantasy value. And we just didn't see that today because they got off to such an early start. Travis Kelsey today with five catches for 100 yards. Uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars showing he's matchup proof. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk, uh six catches for 75 yards. And like Trent Taylor, I guess we're going to have to wait and see if that becomes a thing. Uh, Matt Ryan, 285 yards and one touchdown. Very disappointing day given the matchup. Uh, the, the Falcons only uh, scoring 17 points against the Steelers. Yeah, that was definitely disappointing. Uh, the crazy thing about this game was, you know, just before game time, they had the over and under at 58, and the score came in exactly at 58 when it was a very yep. low-scoring first half, but they turned it on in the second half and ended up hitting that 58 number right on the head. Man, it just goes to show you how close Vegas gets to what they do. Uh, Jared Goff goes over 300 yards again. Uh, 23 of 32, 321 passing yards, one touchdown, but two interceptions. But uh, you know, did have a depleted receiving crew in the second half. Uh, you know, and a little bit of rushing yards, five catches for 15 yards, and a quarterback sneak that sort of sealed the game here for you. But you know, Goff is looking like a must start every week. But for a lot of a lot of people, Goff presents a tough decision because a lot of people draft him as a backup. So. Uh, some people are saying, oh, what should I do this week? Cousins or Goff or uh, Rodgers or Goff. And it's very hard to trade quarterbacks, too, right now because the position is so deep. So the, the, good, the, the good thing about it is you're getting all these great performances for Goff, but it's also making for some tough fantasy decisions. Absolutely, especially like you say, he was drafted as the number two. Uh, and, you know, these number twos so far this year are putting up some big numbers. You know, it, Dalton was a disappointment a little bit today, but, you know, been strong all season. Uh, Flacco, you know, been up there. Mahomes, of course, leading the league. Um, you know, it, all these number twos are playing pretty strong that, you know, in some cases some of the number ones aren't. So it's really 
causing some consternation when it comes to those lineup decisions. And I, I can't blame people. Some of these decisions are definitely right tough. Jordy Nelson with four f- catches for 43 yards and a touchdown. He's now scored in three consecutive games with Seattle and Indianapolis, San Francisco, the Chargers, Arizona, all next on the schedule. Uh, yeah, this guy's giving you something of a floor here. Absolutely, but again, only the four targets. He had the four receptions on the four targets, which is nice, but I still would like to see more targets uh, for him on a given week. But you're right. I mean, as long as he keeps scoring touchdowns, he's going to put himself in that wide receiver two category maybe on the low end. But uh, he's got you know upside there as well, as we saw last week. So it's going to be a, a week-in, week-out decision based on matchups with him. But I love to see him more involved and keep him more involved. Uh, once again, we saw Amari Cooper do absolutely nothing. But that was, of course, because this is an odd number week. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt, 12 catches for tw- 22 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, very odd statistical line going back to Tommy Vardell, uh, you know, the former line who used to steal uh, touchdowns from Barry Sanders. But you know, frustration continues for uh, owners of Carrion Johnson. You know, he briefly had to leave with an injury as well. But, you know, they, they've made it clear in Detroit that this is the kind of this is the kind of uh, you know, trifecta that they're still that they're sticking with. No, absolutely. That's why they brought Blount over. They want him to be that goal line back. Finally got a couple opportunities today, took advantage of it. Again, not much else. But heck, you know, you're getting that that two touchdown game every once in a while. Uh, again, he's he's not going to be somebody you can start every week. There's no doubt about it. This is the only good game he's had in the season. And that was, you know, he still only had 22 yards rushing. So it wasn't like a monster game. He just got those two goal line plunges. You know, a little bit like a, a Jerome Bettis type number at the end of his career. Uh, two rushes for one yard for two touchdowns. <laughs> Things like that. You know, That's what we can expect from Blount. You know, I'm wondering here, like looking at some of these final scores here and you know, that defense wins championships. Uh, we've seen it so many years that so many teams have won Super Bowls, uh, you know, really play good defense. But last year, the Super Bowl was a shootout. And you're looking at these defenses with reputations like Jacksonville giving up a lot of points today. Uh, Minnesota hasn't been as good as advertised. Chicago doesn't have enough of a consistent offense. I wonder if defense is really going to win a championship this year. I don't know. Offense. Look, look at the Rams today and what they gave yeah. up the last two weeks. Yeah, exactly. You know, offenses are what's powering teams right now. They do say that you know once they get into playoffs that changes, but I don't see how when the offenses are playing so good now how how it's going to throttle back come playoff time. I'm with you. I think offenses are, are ruling the day right now. Yeah, but still in the playoffs, at some point you have to get a stop. Well, tell that to Atlanta Falcons uh, a couple of years ago into the Super Bowl. At some point, you have to get a stop, yeah. especially when you're leading by so much. Exactly. That's a great example. They didn't get a stop, and they, they lost, right? Uh, Kirk Cousins, 30 of 37, 301 yards, one touchdown, and no interceptions today. Yeah, Cousins, uh, you know, uh, just, uh, again, this was a tough game all the way around. You know, not really what you, you expected. A lot of people expected a lot more from him in this one. But, uh, again, no interceptions, which is nice if you play in leagues that penalize for interceptions. That could have been a really disaster game for, for him. 
But uh, and he, he completed 30 of 37 passes, so it wasn't like he was inaccurate. Just didn't get the ball in the end zone, uh, even though they took home the win. Sammy Watkins uh, played through a hamstring injury, six catches for 78 yards. As much as this team is throwing the ball, it's looking like, you know, well, we could just uh, depend on Watkins as a wide receiver three. Absolutely. I think right now, because they're playing so well offensively and they're throwing the ball so well, Watkins has got to be in there. If he's on the field, you got to get him in your, your lineup. Like you say, wide receiver definitely three with a possible wide receiver two upside, especially with defenses really folding in on Tyreek Hill and trying to take him out of the game. Jimmy Graham, six catches for 76 yards uh, today, but I think maybe people are expecting a little bit more, maybe even a touchdown. Uh, Graham's got something of a floor, but it doesn't seem like he has much of a ceiling these days. All right. Uh, Lots more coming up. We'll tell you which Jacksonville wide receiver stepped up. Is there going to be any rhyme or reason going forward as we get into the second hour here on the Fantasy Football Rewind? Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Rewind. Back here on Fantasy Football Rewind. Scott England, Jim Day. Recapping week five. Looking ahead a little bit ahead to week six and beyond. Taking you here for another hour. And uh, Dante Moncrief, six catches for 76 yards. Uh, no touchdowns, but he did get over 13 and a half uh, PPR points, especially if you split into decimals. Uh, Moncrief has stepped up the last two games, but still, I don't think we know who to trust really in this receiving game from week to week. And I, it's not going to change. No, I, you know, I agree with you. But Moncrief has, has taken the team lead in targets so far on the season now after this game today. And, you know, he, he's coming on pretty much lately. You know, last two weeks, 11 catches for 185 yards uh, after just seven catches for 64 over the first three weeks. So he's uh, he's starting to take a bigger chunk and a little bit more consistent than either D.D. Westbrook or Keelan Cole. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, you know, well, you saw D.D. Westbrook uh, step up a little bit last, last week, but uh, it, it, it's hard to trust anybody, although maybe Moncrief is the best. Uh, Juju he gives Smith you the Schuster. best floor. How's that? He gives you the best, the safest floor at this point uh, of the three. I feel three. like none of these guys give me a safe floor. <laughs> well, I said safest of the three. <laughs> I okay. didn't say a safe I, floor. I don't know if I can use the word safe in a – a Jaguars wide receiver in the same sentence, I guess I'm saying. Juju Smith-Houston, four catches for 34 yards and a touchdown. 
uh, Smith-Schuster getting in the end zone yet again, but we're seeing less yardage in the last two weeks. Uh, only 94 receiving yards total after three 100-yard games to open up the season, Jim. Yeah, it's definitely not what you know people were envisioning after the, the great start he had to the season. But we are seeing Big Ben trying to get Antonio Brown much more involved. Definitely accomplished that today. Uh, so, you know, Brown is definitely his number one. We know that. You know, people were starting to get excited after the start that Juju had to start the season. But, you know, I don't know if that's really something he can hold on to all year long or if we're looking at him now as a, you know, a really good, consistent wide receiver too, which is what I think he is. George Kittle uh, was another good game. Uh, five catches here for 83 yards. Uh, despite the quarterback change and uh, – and C.J. Beathard uh, not playing well. In fact, uh, if you started the Cardinals defense today in uh, CBSSports.com, you got uh, 20 points. And you know Beathard, Beathard's been great to stream against, but you know Kittle continues to assert himself as a tight end one here. No, absolutely not. But th- you know these two guys have history. They played in college together, both Beathard and Kittle, so they have knowledge of each other. That gives K- Kittle a nice little upgrade, especially with all the wide receivers and now Breida going down. You know he's going to go to the guy that he's familiar with, and that's right now is Kittle. You confused and scared me there for a second. You said no, absolutely not, and then you agreed with me. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> confusing me there, Jim. Uh, I like to confuse. The ways of the fantasy Taz. Makes me happy. Okay, good. Uh, Derek Carr, 268 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Some people were talking about him as a daily play, but this was very disappointing performance against a very vulnerable uh, Chargers defense here. Yeah, no, absolutely. A lot of people thought he'd come up a lot bigger in this one. Um, You know, I, I don't know if I was really one of them, if I really believed in him doing a lot this week, even though it was a good matchup against the Chargers. Like I said, you, you can only play Amari Cooper in the positive weeks. Uh, this was a negative, you know, a, 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 an odd week, so you couldn't play him this week, and that showed up again. You know, Nelson is becoming that every week type of guy you want to go to. And Cooper, so far, you can only play him on the even number of weeks. That's the only time he plays well. Andy Dalton with only 248 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception. Andy is who he thought he was. Uh, he has a good matchup, it seems, and you know, his team came back and won the game to that credit. Uh, but at the same time, uh, Andy Dalton, uh, this looked like a game on the schedule, but when Rashad Jones is there for the Miami Dolphins, it makes a big difference, and he was back there today. But Andy Dalton you can't trust. And that was, uh, you know, a lot of people's concerns with Andy Dalton. He's been playing very good, solid football, you know, been in the top 12 all season. But he is known to have games like this where he's just not going to put up the numbers, even in what looked like a good matchup against Miami. Now, I understand, you know, Rashad Jones coming back is definitely a big uptick for Miami's defense. Uh, But Miami, you know, looked like they were taking control of this game early on and had this game in hand, and then all of a sudden Cincinnati turned it around and took control of it at the end of the game and gave, got them that 10-point win. You know, I really liked them this morning. I, I thought they were, you know, I took them as my survivor pick, really thought they would cover, so ended up getting that nice coverage, but it was really sweating it out there for a while. Uh, David Ajoku, six catches for 69 yards. 
encouraging performance uh, with the quarterback switch moving more into low tight end one territory. He is, he is, and his numbers would have been even better if he didn't have two balls just clang right off his hands. He, he really needs to work on that. Uh, he's just dropping too many passes. Eventually, that's going to come back to him in the ass. I'm sorry? He's got Ebronitis? Yeah, something like that, absolutely. You know, a lot of times it's, it's just that he's trying to run before he looks the ball all the way into his hands. And that's the worst thing you can do as a receiver of any kind. You have to make sure the ball gets in your hands before you're looking to make your move and run. All right. Uh, Austin Eckler, I've said I liked him as a daily play today. Adam, top 15 running back. My lineup ranks on rotoexperts.com. Six carries for 15 yards, but he did have a 44-yard catch and run for a touchdown. So you got 12 points out of him, if you, 12 and a half points out of him if you used him as your flex. Yeah, he just keeps finding a way to give double-digit points and keep himself in that conversation as an RB2-3 flex play uh, each and every week, even with limited touches. Uh, you know, it's really hard to fault him at this point, but you got to wonder what, what week the wheels are going to come off and his limited amount of touches is not going to get him a touchdown and he's going to end up strangling fantasy owners. LaShawn McCoy. uh his best game of the year so Yay! far, 24 carries for 85 <laughs> yards, two catches for 23 yards, and the Bills uh, actually win a game here 13-12. to 12. Everybody talks about them like they're the worst team in football, but, you know, they've knocked off both Tennessee and Minnesota, so maybe they're not that bad. And, you know, at least you're seeing some volume from McCoy now because they were actually able to stay in the game. Yeah, it was nice to see. Um, yeah, Wanted to see McCoy finally get involved. He did, you know, not the greatest numbers yet, but still got you double digits for the first time all year. Heck, first time he probably got you more than six points all year. Um, you know, absolutely want to see this continue. Definitely didn't see them taking down a 3-1 and one Tennessee team that's been playing pretty solid. But, uh, you know, at home, Buffalo can be tough. Tyree Kill with four catches for 61 yards. Respectable day against a really good defense, but Tyreek Hill has not scored in three consecutive games now, or gone over uh, 15 points PPR wise in three consecutive games. But he is at New England next week, so maybe uh, maybe we'll see things pick up. Yeah, it, it's just you know, last two weeks really quiet. Uh, before this game, finally got a little bit better involved. But still, four out of seven targets, not what you usually expect from Hill and Mahomes. But like you said, going up against a really tough defense, they had to struggle to do what they did. But they did eventually what they wanted to do and come away with the win. Uh, just really hard on fantasy owners right now to trust Hill to be that you know wide receiver one they probably drafted him as. Uh, moving along down the ladder here uh, on the Fantasy Football Rewind, Michael Crabtree, uh, six catches uh, for a little bit. Uh, uh, six catches for Crabtree for 66 yards. And, uh, you know, th- this seems like Crabtree does every week. Like, he's he's Mr. Mediocrity. He's never going to go above 60 receiving yards. Well, very uncharacteristically, he actually dropped uh, what would have been the go-ahead touchdown with one minute left in, in regulation in this one. 
You know, he, he's such a good route runner. He creates good separation. Uh, but for some reason, his numbers just haven't shown it this year. Hasn't scored a single touchdown since week one. You know, it, this is a guy that scored, you know, eight times, uh, at, at least eight times in each of the previous three seasons with the Raiders and just not getting those touchdowns this year. John Brown seems to be taking a lot of that away from him. Uh, but, you know, it's not going to help when you're dropping a clear-cut touchdown, especially one that would have given you the game. Uh, Jarvis Landry, five catches for 69 yards. Uh, you know, pretty much a 10-point, 11-point floor every week, but he's only got one touchdown. We saw him catch nine touchdown passes last year, but it seems like Landry's, like, reverting to the guy that he was before last year, which which certainly isn't bad. You know, it makes him a wide receiver, too, but... You know, a little disturbing now that he started to regress again in terms of the touchdowns. Well, hey, he is playing with a rookie quarterback, and, you know, th- those things are going to happen. Um, you know, Mayfield is playing pretty well. Who but was he playing really with playing. last year? What do you mean? <laughs> Ryan Tannehill was, like, injured for most of the last year, so he was he oh, scored oh, yeah, nine okay, touchdowns right. yeah, sorry, with, you yeah, know, yeah. playing with backup quarterbacks. No, I understand that, and I'm saying that I think his numbers will come. They'll, you know, Mayfield is putting up good yardage numbers. He's just got to get that red zone off his back and get in it. Uh, so I, I think that'll eventually come. Landry is just, you know, too good a player not to. Uh, you know, if we can get any kind of play out of any of those other receivers across from him, it's definitely going to help his cause going forward. Buck Allen today, or is as he's officially known as Javorius Allen. Uh, eight catch carries for 34 yards, six catches for 44 yards. Uh, for the second consecutive week, uh, draggling tacklers with him late in the game. Are you going to see, are we going to see expanded role for him going forward? We, you know, some nice runs by Alex Collins today, but this looks like a pure timeshare. And uh, Buck Allen is the guy when they go to goal line packages, it seems they prefer. Well, they do, but he also put the ball on the ground today. So it's going to be interesting to see how he bounces back from that. You know, we saw what this team did to Collins when he put the ball on the ground, uh, especially the first time where they benched him after that. You know, the the thing has been that they could count on Allen not to do that. So him putting it on the ground today, it's going to be interesting to see if maybe they start shifting the goal line work back to Collins, who, who was expected to get it early in the season. Sterling Shepard, four catches for 75 yards. Uh, three double-figure PPR fantasy performances in a row right now. And uh, they got Philadelphia and Atlanta next on the schedule. Yeah, again, it, as with all these Giants receivers, it always comes down to which Eli you see each and every week. Uh, but, you know, it is good to see Shepard getting more involved. But you have to wonder if, if – this is going to go away as soon as Evan Ingram comes back because when Ingram was in there, we weren't seeing Shepard getting anything. And now that Ingram's out, we're seeing Shepard get involved. It's going to be interesting to see when Ingram is healthy. If we see Shepard get pushed back away from those targets. Don't you think uh, they would need Ingram to help block often? No, cause they don't really use him to block often. Um, they just don't. He, he's much better creating mismatches down the field and, and in the seam than he is as a blocker. Yeah, well, more of a guy who could just chip more than anything than be a reliable blocker. Uh, also, uh, Joe Flacco today with a disappointing performance. 56 attempts, but 
and 298 yards, but didn't throw a single touchdown pass as uh, the Ravens only scored nine points. So, you know, Flacco's been showing something of a decent floor every week, but there there doesn't seem to be too much upside. Well, yeah, like I said, like you said, 56 pass attempts. He oh. only completed 29 of them, a little better than 50% in here. So not great numbers at all. Cleveland's defense has been tough, but, they, you know, I didn't get a chance to really see a lot of this game. But it looked like it was just a slugfest from start to finish for both these teams. Yeah, both teams were moving the ball, but uh, really stalling when they got when they got in the red zone. Uh, also today, uh, in week in week five, Julio Jones with five catches for sixty two yards. Can't call that a bad day, but uh, I think we were certain expecting more from Julio against the Steelers. I don't think he caught his first pass until like the third quarter. Actually, it was his fourth quarter. They shut him out for the first three quarters. It was really, he did that damage all in the fourth quarter in garbage time. Uh, not something you usually associate with Julio Jones. Yeah. Philip Lindsay, uh, well, well, let's go back to Julio, though. Of course, we still haven't seen the touchdown yet. We still haven't seen that. We've seen one big game from him last week against Cincinnati and another uh, against Philadelphia, but he's got Tampa Bay. And the Giants coming up next. Uh, you, you, I guess you got to live without the lack of touchdowns because he can explode in any given week. Uh, but yeah, well, yeah. Touch- I mean, he's had the two big games. He had the, the 169 yards in week one yeah. and then 173 last week. Uh, you know, so it, it's just been a weird year when it comes to Julio. First of all, we're, we're used to him not scoring touchdowns. After last year, he only had the three. Uh, you know, just not something he's doing at this point in his game. But we still expect him to see a high number of receptions, high number of targets each and every week. But, uh, you know, while he had those two big games, the other three games he's only seen five targets in each of them and failed to hit 100 yards in all three of them. So uh, right now he's not, you know, that wide receiver one that you really wanted to have either. Uh, We've seen a lot of that this year. A lot of guys that were drafted very early, disappointing so far in the season. Still fairly early on the season, but – Definitely not what we expected out of Julio Jones by now. Certainly not. It seems like every time they get in the end zone, somebody else is scoring. Philip Lindsay, 12 carries for 61 yards today, three catches for 20 yards. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that Denver backfield situation when we come back here on the Fantasy Football Rewind, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Scott Engel and Jim Day. NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back here on Fantasy Football Rewind, Scott Englund, Jim Day. Make sure you head on over to DailyRoto.com. It's the industry-leading daily fantasy site. 
that has produced seven separate FanDuel and DraftKings Million Dollar Tournament winners and millions more in smaller prizes for countless subscribers. Once you're there, if you click on the Go Premium, you can use the same daily fantasy lineup optimizer that has helped Daily Roto customers achieve such remarkable success. And if it's sports wagering you're into, click on the new Sports Betting tab where you'll be able to use the same tools that produce all those daily fantasy winnings for money line picks, picks against the spread, game totals, and player props. So make sure you go to DailyRoto.com and enter code FNTSY for a special discount, DailyRoto.com, the industry website where billionaires are made, literally. All right, uh, moving on here with uh, recapping week five. Uh, you know, we talked about Philip Lindsay with his uh, 81 yards from scrimmage. We even saw Devontae Booker catch five passes. Uh, not much of a day at all from Royce Freeman. Uh, it still looks like Lindsay is the lead dog here, even though there were reports that Royce Freeman, they wanted to get him more work coming into this week. And once again, you cannot believe it just because it's on the Internet. Because um, <laughs> they go out and say they want to get him more work, and they get him less work in this one. Um, again, it was really game script dependent because, you know, playing from behind, they're going to get Booker, the, the pass catching back, uh, a little bit more involved, and that's what we saw today, uh, his best game of the week of the season. Uh, but it, it's definitely, right now, it just looks like a three-headed monster to me. Lindsey is the clear-cut number one, and Freeman is solely dependent on touchdowns. Willie Sneed, the fourth. Uh, I don't think we have a the third on our fantasy teams, uh, five catches for 55 yards. You know, this guy in four or five games has double-figure PPR points. As it is a really nice streamer here because he gives you a decent floor. You can count on like 10 to 12 fantasy points every week from him. So, you know, when we get to those points where we have six teams on a bye, I think you want to have Willie Steen on your roster. Absolutely. He's a good, solid, you know, player each and every week. He's he keeps getting involved. He's seeing those six, seven, eight targets, what you want to see out of a, a wide receiver three or a flex, flex play, especially when you get into those bye weeks. As long as he continues to get, you know, those double-digit scores every week, he's going to get to a point where he's going to be in your lineup more often than not. Carrion Johnson, uh, 12 carries for 70 yards and two catches for 15 yards. Uh, briefly had to leave this game with an injury. Uh they asked him. They asked him uh, afterwards. Uh, he told reporters, "He said I'm fine, uh, but looking at his performance, you know, averaging like nearly six yards a carry here, it's so frustrating for fantasy players that he's not getting more work. But you know, the coaching staff doesn't care about fantasy players. Yeah, absolutely not. And uh, again, he, he's doing what they need him to do right now. And as long as they have somebody like Blount there to you know, get be that goal line vulture and then Theo Riddick there to be that, you know, pass catching back. They're going to continue to use all three of these guys all season and really curtail carry on Johnson's value. But, you know, we're, we're seeing, you know, more and more better plays from carry on Johnson. Hopefully that trend continues and we start to see him score from outside that, you know, five yards in and in point where we're going to see Blount every week. John Brown, four catches for 58 yards. Hey, if that's going to be his floor every week, you know, I'll pretty much take it as my wide receiver four. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, again, the, the disappointing part here was he only had he had the four receptions, but that was on 14 targets. Uh, you know, 
either, you know, Joe Flacco was just so far off the mark on, on a lot of these, or these these two were just not on the same page today. Uh, Carlos Hyde today, 70 carries for 63 yards. Did not get in the end zone. Uh, you know, taking a look at Hyde, uh, he's only he's only cracked the uh, the 90 yard mark just once. This was the first time he didn't score all year. He's very touchdown dependent. You know, not a lot of yardage upside. It seems like. No, absolutely. You know, he, he's get, been getting it done. This was a bad week in a very low scoring game. So I'm not really ready to pull a, the trigger on Hyde. Uh, he was still the most highly used uh, running back on the team. We didn't see much from Nick Chubb after the big game he had last week. Uh, we didn't see Duke Johnson really get involved in this game either. It was still Hyde or bust. Uh, take a look at Devin Funches today. Uh, four catches for 53 yards uh, for the Carolina wide receiver. Uh, you know, be somebody else who strikes me as touchdown dependent here. And with Greg Olson returning soon, uh, we can see his production cut into. Absolutely. They're already talking about maybe Olson being back next week. Uh, and we've seen Funches last year when Olsen was in, in the lineup that how much further down he was over when Olsen is out. So it's going to be tough to count on him going forward. They're starting to get some of these younger kids more involved, DJ Moore. Uh, you know, they want to see a little bit more out of these guys. So I, I think all of that's going to come into play. And Funches is really going to be a flex play option moving forward as opposed to somebody you can start every week. Disappointing day for Golden Tate. I think we expected him a lot for more against a banged-up uh, pass defense that's vulnerable in the slot, but only five catches for 42 yards. But look, hey, not every player blows up every week. Well, again, it came down to the fact that they were leading for most of this game and, and Stafford wasn't throwing as as much as he normally has to. And we count on that from, from Stafford, those high number of pass attempts to get the fantasy value with these three wide receivers as well. So if he's not throwing the ball much, I mean, and this is probably one of the lowest games he's had in a while, under 30 pass attempts, uh, you know, that's going to be hard for them to get consistent volume as wide receivers with those kind of low numbers. Corey Davis, four catches for 49 yards. A lot of self-fantasy overs were so hopeful that if they're that big game against Philadelphia last week, that this is where Corey Davis may have finally turned that fantasy quarter, corner, and now he's back to uh, looking mediocre and unreliable. No, I wouldn't say that. He went up against a really good corner to, today, and Tredavious White, who, who pretty much shadowed him all game. You know, he, he, this White... Uh, did a real good job last week against Devontae Adams as well, playing real strong now, right now at the cornerback position. And, you know, I think number ones going up against him pretty much every week are going to have a, a bad game. He's playing very well. Uh, one of the few players on Buffalo you could say that about. Yeah, but, you know, if you want to prove yourself, you do it against, you know, a guy like Tredavious White. And, you know, last week I, I, think, uh, I think Devontae Adams actually doubled those numbers and got in the end zone. Uh, yeah, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I, I can't. I think it was like eight catches that. for like eighty-one yards and a, and a touchdown. So you know, I don't think I can I can say make an excuse for Corey Davis with all due respect here and say, well, he was facing a tough matchup. You know, if you 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 want to be uh, you know top fantasy wide receiver like we've heard all this talent about, you know, you you have to produce in this matchup. 
uh, yeah, you know, I, I, okay, but David, uh, Devontae Adams, just, you were right, 8 for 81. He didn't get in the end zone, though. Uh, basically, the only game all year he hasn't gotten in the end zone. But he did still have 8 for 81. But Devontae Adams is a lot more uh, solidified than Corey Davis is. Corey Davis had one big game. Uh, he still has a yeah, lot to prove in this, this league. Well, it is. It absolutely is. And, you know, coming into the season, I thought he was very overhyped. Uh, but a lot of people just thought because he was the best wide receiver they had that the volume alone would cover everything else. And, you know, we're seeing inconsistency, which is what I, you know, a lot of people expected from him. Yeah, we might see inconsistency the next two weeks uh, facing Baltimore and the Chargers. Nelson Aguilar, four catches for 45 yards. Uh this guy's been a disappointment so far. Uh, well, actually, like the last three weeks, really, he hasn't cracked nine PPR points. Yeah, it, he's really fallen off the edge. Uh, like you said, the last three weeks, especially, you know, week two, he had that good game, but that was against Tampa Bay. Uh, the rest of the season, he's really done nothing. First week, he had eight receptions, but only for 33 yards. Uh, so he's not getting down the field at all. Uh, thought there would be a little bit of improvement with Wentz coming back, but didn't haven't seen that the last three weeks. Uh, he's basically gotten to a point where he's not even really trustworthy right now as a flex play. Yeah, I, you know, watch these Eagle games. You know, much as I can catch of them, it seems like defenses you know have a book on him where you know they're just being really physical with him and not not letting him do absolutely anything after the catch. Yeah, right. You, you just want to get on top of him as soon as you can and, you know, you know, let him catch that short pass, but then, you know, just put him down right there at the spot. I agree with you. That seems to be exactly what they're doing. Bilal Powell today, 20 carries for 99 yards, uh, but overshadowed today by uh, by Isaiah Crowell. I, it's really hard to read this Jack's backfield and who's going to be better in any given week. <laughs> it really is. It's kind of enough uh, – Kind of tough right now to figure out this this team at all. The Jets, um, you know, look, it, Crowell is a decent running back. He's had big games in the past, but he's also followed them up with a lot of, you know, boomer bust type games, and that's where he's at. I just don't see him putting up these kind of numbers quite often at all. Uh, but it was a, a really good game, solid game for both these running backs as they just really went out and put it to him today on the ground. And, you know, with uh, with Darnold actually showing off some of that stuff we saw in the preseason with some really nice passes, uh, his, his touchdown to uh, two touchdowns to Robbie Anderson, especially the second one, was a beautiful touch pass. Uh, he really looked a lot stronger and a lot more confident today. There was so much buzz about Aaron Jones coming into this game and I this week, and I, I cautioned against it because he had looked like the best runner in that backfield, and the Lions had the worst rushing defense in the NFL. But I said, this is still a pass-first team, uh, especially you know, near the goal line, et cetera, and it's still a committee. Seven rushes for 40 yards and two catches for 19 yards. Avoid Green Bay when it comes to running backs. Yeah, pretty much absolutely agree. You know, it's just some teams that just don't get that running back situation settled. Right now, Green Bay has no idea what they're doing at running back. No. Uh, I, I don't think it's more of a no idea. Is the idea is they just don't want to run the ball a lot. Or it's certainly do with one guy. Disappointing day for Calvin Ridley, 
fourth catches for 38 yards. We knew some regression was coming, but we didn't expect it today against the Steelers. No, you know, especially when we considered this was supposed to be such a high-scoring game and both these teams were expected to put up uh, – had both had high implied point totals coming into the game. Just Atlanta did not live up to the hype this week. Just couldn't get it done against Pittsburgh at home. Pittsburgh played them a lot tougher than we expected. I think it was you who was saying uh, Sunday morning uh, after after this week's game uh, to trade Calvin Ridley and – after this performance, you might not uh, you might have a little more difficulty doing that. Well, he's still got six touchdowns on the year. I don't think it'd be hard to sell. One bad game shouldn't really take a take it apart. Considering he does have those six touchdowns, yeah, you're right. And he's done so well so far. Uh, you know, I, you just play it off as a bad game by the Atlanta offense. I still think he's a good sell high opportunity right now. All right, uh, Mike Williams with another disappointing day. Only three catches. For 45 yards, I thought if there was going to be a bounce-back game, we were going to get it this week, and we just didn't. Yeah, Mike, uh, at this point, I love the kids' talent. They're just not using them. I can't figure it out. I need to to get hooked up with some of these uh, guys that cover the charges and see if they can figure it out, give me some kind of insight here. What's going on? I mean, I, I can't imagine – that they can't see that he's such a better player than Tyrell Williams, yet they still continue to get Tyrell Williams involved and not Mike Williams. It just doesn't make any sense to me in the world. With the the amount of separation he creates, the route running that he does, I just don't see what's going on here. Marvin Jones with one catch for eight yards, but it was a touchdown. Yeah, at least he salvaged a little piece of the game for anybody out there who was playing him, you know, come – Coming into the game injured, weren't sure for the longest time whether he was going to play. He ended up playing. Obviously, didn't end up playing much. Again, a lot of this was due to game script and the fact that they had the big early lead. They didn't have to throw a lot trying to run the ball in this one. Um, so, you know, that's going to hurt them when that happens. We don't expect that to happen too often with Detroit, though. Latavius Murray, 11 carries for 42 yards, two catches. For 14 yards, this guy was big and explosive earlier in his career, but, you know, the explosion's not there anymore. Maybe injuries have robbed him of something, and uh, he didn't even start the game. And uh, the without Dalvin Cook, and we, we've been with them without Dalvin Cook for so often, uh, you know, Minnesota has no running game. They just throw, throw, throw. Absolutely right. Although they did make the right decision, at least this time, to let Cook sit for a week. Uh, hopefully another week will get him closer to 100%. They need him there because they, they do. You know, you, you can't win in this league with no running game. You need to establish a little bit of something. And as I'm saying that, all I'm thinking in the back of my head is, what about Green Bay? What about Green Bay? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, you really do need to establish some kind of a running game in most offenses, uh, especially this one. Can't count on Cousins each and every week to just throw the ball and win you the game. Alex Collins today, uh, 12 carries for 59 yards and a catch for seven yards. Some real nice, pretty runs, but uh, doesn't seem like the Baltimore coaching staff trusts him much. Yeah, no, and he's never going to get it done with, you know, 12, 13 touches a game. He needs to get more than that to really be fantasy relevant, or he needs to get the touchdowns. And right now with him losing the goal line carries as well, really puts a limit on his uh, the number of value he presents. You're listening to the Fantasy Football Rewind with Scott Engel and uh, 
Scott Engel and the Fantasy Taz, Jim Day. Uh, Ryan Tannehill today, 185 passing yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, uh, two awful performances for Tannehill in a row. Uh, you know, just not a guy that even in a two-quarterback league you can seemingly trust. Yeah, absolutely. He's back to, to playing like Ryan, Ryan Tannehill of old after a couple of good games making – People start to believe in him. That's what we get when we try to believe in somebody like this. It's just not a good quarterback all the way around. Um, and was, you know, as evidence in the last two weeks, not somebody you can count on at all in a starting lineup. And like you said, even in two quarterback leagues, he's pretty much on the bottom rung of that second quarterback. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, they talk about how many games he won, but maybe that was a product more of like the team around him. It, kind of reminds me of a poor man's Alex Smith when he was with Kansas City. Like, uh, yeah, good enough to lose with overall. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> good enough to get you close, but never enough to get you over the top. Yeah. And, you know, a little mobility like Alex Smith. Uh, hits a deep pass every once in a while like Alex Smith. But uh, you know, not somebody you want on your fantasy team. Or he's a real-life quarterback. I think the last good quarterback the Dolphins had was Dan Marino. I don't think you can count Chad Pennington. More disappointment pointing performances coming up next on the Fantasy Football Rewind here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Back here... On Fantasy Football Rewind, Scott Engel and Jim Day and Bet DSI is celebrating 20 plus years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. They have great customer service and fast, easy payment of winnings. You can play virtually every sport at Bet DSI with hundreds of wagering options, including live in game wagering on all major sporting events where you can make your play at any time during the game. Bet DSI is now offering up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit. If you use promo code FNTSY, that's BetDSI.com, promo code FNTSY. So head on over to BetDSI and start winning today. Fantasy Football Rewind here for week five as we uh, head a little, look a little bit ahead to week six, week six and a little bit beyond. Uh, Ian Thomas today, only three catches for 38 yards. A little bit of buzz about him because he was going against the Giants, but another tight end here who proves that just rookie tight ends don't always make really an impact. No, yeah, absolutely. He's coming along slowly, which is what pretty much everybody expected. And now he's going to go back to the bench if uh, 
if we're going to see uh, what's his name come back this week. So, yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. You, just because somebody gets an opportunity doesn't mean they're going to put up fantasy points. Like I always say, opportunity doesn't always lead to production. Uh, same for C.J. Uzuma, only two catches for 43 yards. Uh, a little bit surprised that, you know, he was going to take the lead here over Tyler Croft. Uh, 125-yard catch and run, but we didn't see much. Well, we also saw less from Tyler Croft. So uh, neither one of these guys really got involved in this passing attack at all this this week. And, you know, it uh, yeah, it just goes with the show. You just never know with teams like this, especially when they lose their top guy for the season. You never really know if the guys that are going to step up are going to produce and then if it, which one it is going to be uh, in any given week. Frank Gore, 12 carries for 63 yards. Few good runs, but uh, you know nothing more than bench fodder here. Devonta Freeman, you know, here's an example. Like we were talking about with Joe Mixon, then he came back and he played well, but Devonta Freeman didn't. So you know, really, you can't tell. It's uh, you know, everybody's body is different. Only eight carries for 32 yards, two catches for nine yards as he played the committee. And Edo Smith scoring for the second consecutive week. Yeah, really. Now, now it looks like we have a three-headed committee in uh, in. Atlanta as well. Uh, so it definitely it just continues to make it harder for fantasy owners to know who they can count on each and every week. Uh, we see the same in Seattle now that Mike Davis involved. Now we got Edo Smith involved with Freeman coming back. It just continues to get harder for fantasy owners. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, uh, nine carries for 31 yards today and one catch for 10 yards. A big disappointing day for Lynch against a team that was really getting torched on the ground, but he could he and the Raiders just couldn't get untracked. Uh next week though, big revenge game for Lynch against Seattle. Yeah, not only that, but you know, they were at the one yard line and instead of giving it to Lynch to get him in, uh let him score this week, they decided to try and get cute and of course Carr throws the interception uh at, at in the red zone. So, you know, sometimes these teams just outthink themselves. That sounds familiar. Yeah, right, exactly. It just, you know, sometimes you just got to give it to the running back that you can count on instead of trying to get cute. Uh, disappointing day for Jared Cook. Four catches for 20 yards, but I don't think you can panic after after one game. Uh, you know, Cook's been very, very good so far this year. Yeah, no, this offense is going to be up and down. We knew that coming in. Cook is going to be up and down. He's been up and down his entire career. Uh, started off the, the year very strong for them. But it's not going to. He's not somebody that you can count on every week for good production. He's going to have games like this, and you just got to live with it. Especially with the tight end production across the board being down this year. Yeah, I think. Uh, what was that song? Yeah, Mama said there'd be days like this. There'd be <laughs> days like this. Mama said. Yes, she did many, many times. Especially yes. when she, Mama she, said she started playing like fantasy this, football. Days like this, Mama <laughs> said. Mama said. Mama said. I wonder if you saw that in concert too. Uh, moving down uh, the last, all Sean Jeffrey today, only two catches for thirty-nine yards. Kind of a disappointing day after what we saw last week. Well, you know, I, not to say I told you so, but I told you this morning I didn't like him. But this you week. did. He was going to be pretty much shadowed by Xavier Rhodes, and that's exactly what we saw. You know, he had a, a a nice play to get most of that yardage up, but uh, Rhodes was with him all game. Well, Rhodes needed a bounce-back performance. He's been, 
He's been kind of up and down this year. He sure has, but he definitely put a kibosh on Alshon Jeffrey this week. Uh, but, again, Wentz didn't look as good as I thought he would either in this one. Uh, Minnesota, you know, just uh, taking the win there. There was some talk about maybe Derrick Henry performing well, uh, given the matchup today, but only 11 carries for 56 yards. Are you at the point where you're just saying cut Derrick Henry, period? Oh, I'm. it's hard to let go of a starting running back, but, yes, I'm there. Uh, just it, He is so touchdown dependent. He's not going to get involved in the passing He's game. He's not getting touchdowns. And I was just about to say that. Thank you very much for cutting off the end of my sentence. But And he's not getting the touchdown. So, you know, five, 56 yards, 60 yards, 65 yards, ain't going to get it done if he's not scoring. Yeah. Well, I guess we're even now, even if he preempted my injury report. <laughs> uh, Larry Fitzgerald, two catches for 35 yards. Uh, he's playing hurt. He's not showing much. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald has not cracked six fantasy points since week one. It's very hard to do it because of the name. But are you at a point where you want to cut Larry Fitzgerald? Uh, yeah, he's one of my favorite players of all time. So, I, you know, it's hard for me to tell people to cut Larry Fitzgerald. But Josh Rosen is not getting it done. Fitzgerald is hurt and definitely doesn't look like his old self while he's hurt. I, I Again, this is another player I, I would like them to sit uh, for a little bit and see if he can get 100% healthy because right now he is just not there. The disappointing performances continue for Devin Coleman. Reduced role today and more, reduced production. Seven carries for 15 yards. Two catches for 15 yards. Boy, Devin Coleman's been really, really disappointing the last three weeks. Yes, he has. You know, this Pittsburgh defense, they came to play today after not really doing much on the season. They played a pretty damn good game today and really shut down this Falcons offense that everybody thought, you know, looked like it was going to be a good matchup on paper. Just goes to show, you know, sometimes paper doesn't equal what happened. Actually, a lot of times what's on paper doesn't equal what happens on the field. Yeah, you you can't predict execution. You know, that's one thing I always say. Ty Montgomery, only 15 rushing yards, one catch for 23 receiving yards. I felt like he had to step up more because of all the injuries here in Green Bay, but he didn't. Not not even a guy I want to roster anymore. No, I'm I'm there with you. This would have been the premier opportunity to get him involved, put him in the slot with Cobb out. I thought that would have been perfect. Yet they went to the rookies. Rookies didn't do much anyway outside of Marcus Valtons' scantling. Uh, the other guys, Aquinas, St. Brown, and uh, Jamon Moore didn't do much in this matchup. You know, Montgomery gives you that all-around playmaking ability, and they are not getting him involved. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Once again, it you got to wonder what sometimes is in these coaches' heads. Yeah. Uh, Theo Riddick, two catches for 20 yards. This guy's been overrated for about two and a half years now at least. And to me, it should be waiver wire fodder. He's only cracked nine points, PPR points, in a game just once. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't have him anywhere. Uh, didn't really roster him much at all uh, in the one league. I did have him in. I dropped him a few weeks ago uh, for that very reason. You know, if you're not going to use a pass catching back much, what good is he? Marcus Mariota, 129 passing yards. No touchdowns, one interception, two rushes for 10 yards. After last week's encouraging performance, really crashing 
Uh, Marcus Mariota just drives you absolutely crazy to the point where you don't want to roster him. Uh, unfortunately, most people don't have to roster him. He, he definitely wasn't somebody who was drafted as a quarterback one coming into the season. And, you know, maybe some people wanted to jump on him after last week's good game. But, uh, again, the matchup was so much better last week. Buffalo played really strong at home today. Yeah, they did. Uh, and by association, Taiwan Taylor. Uh, it was a nifty, seemed like a nifty daily play, but only three catches for 30 yards today, and he also lost a fumble. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you'd sit there and look at that six points and say, oh, yeah, okay, and then you look at the fumble and say, oh, it's only four points of crap. Um, you know, it's just uh, tough to see. He's not going to be that kind of guy you can trust each and every week, but we did expect more from him in this matchup. But, again, like we said, you know, these, these guys are all grown men, and sometimes they read the reports and the clippings, and that gets them fired up as well. Uh, you can see it from time to time. And this is what we saw from Buffalo at home today. They came out and they just played a better game than Tennessee. Kenny Stills with two catches for 17 yards. Uh, this was the second time this season with that line. Uh, Kenny Stills has scored in single digits, not above seven points, in three of his last four games with two two catch, 17-yard performance. Kenny Stills drive us, drives us crazy. I stills don't want him on my roster. <laughs> uh, yeah, me either. Uh, not a big proponent coming in, more because I just didn't trust Tannehill. And then he got people excited with that early quick start and Tannehill playing well. And now we're seeing you know, the real Tannehill come forward, and he just takes everybody around him down with him. Jay Ajayi, uh, eight carries for 29 yards and a lost fumble. Even though he's trying to play through that back fracture, uh, there's no upside there. Decent performance last week, very disappointing this week. Wendell Small would definitely look better. Absolutely. Ajayi has always been that guy that you need to get those touchdowns from uh, or that really big play. Right now with the back injury, you're not really going to see a ton of those big plays. So you got to hope for those one-yard touchdown plunges to get him in, uh, in your fantasy scores to where he's available for you to play each and every week. Right now, he, he's just not there. And, you know, again, we, we've seen Minnesota play bad. We've seen Minnesota play good. You just never know what you're going to see from that opponent as well. Yeah, uh, Minnesota and Buffalo, uh, you just, there's, there's no rhyme or reason of what goes on there. You know, one week, to, you know, one week uh, the Minnesota Vikings are losing to the Bills, and the next week they're beating the defending champs you know, like like we said before, Amari Cooper, like we said, uh, you know, odd numbered weeks. You can't <laughs> use him. One catch for ten yards this week. Uh, you don't see yeah, like and it, this seemed like a great, great matchup for him too. Well, I actually, I didn't think so. I mean, he was going up against Casey Hayward, and the one thing, if you look through these histories, uh, he's played Hayward quite a few times, and Hayward has pretty much shut him down every time he's faced him. Yeah, I thought they were going to move him around, though, and you know, get him loose somehow. Yeah, we're not really seeing a lot of that. You know, I don't, I don't want to say trickery, but we're not seeing that that offensive uh, play calling that's giving them different looks and different options too often in this one. Uh, they're pretty much running it straight ahead, which doesn't make any sense to me either. Nick Chubb, they said they wanted to get more carries today, so uh, they got him three rushes for two yards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, you know, not 
can't believe everything you hear. You come off that, you know, good game last week. But, you know, again, three rushes. He got two really big runs out of it, got two touchdowns. You, you can't count on that every week. There's no, no way in heck that that number is going to be consistent when you're only seeing two or three touches a game. There's no way. I thought they would work him in a little bit more, though, than they did. Well, I, I thought they would try a little bit, too. But, uh, again, we saw Duke Johnson play better last week, and then they didn't use him again today. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You just got to try and get in these coaches' heads. But that's the hardest thing in the world right now to do because these coaches can't even seem to get out of their own heads. Well, Duke, Duke Johnson doesn't even seem rosterable right now. I know he played a big part in Cleveland's win, but uh, you know they threw him out of desperation last year, and they don't need to do that anymore. No, and I agree. I didn't like, you know, I was definitely worried about him coming into the season. People were still drafting him far too early, in my opinion. And, you know, when we're seeing that come to fruition, they have more playmakers now with Landry there, with Hyde there, who is a capable pass catching back all on his own. All right, you've been listening to Fantasy Football Rewind with Jim Day and Scott Engel. And, uh, Jim, as we, we look ahead to the Monday night game here, it looks like a good matchup on paper uh, for, for, for Washington. But at the same time, they really don't seem like they can take advantage uh, of this matchup. They don't have too much weaponry. Seems like Jameson Crowder could be ticketed for a good game here. But Paul Richardson, uh, he, he, could, he could draw a lot of Marshawn Lattimore in coverage. Uh, I do like Jordan Reed. I do like Chris Thompson, but I'm not expecting a whole lot of Alex Smith out of out of out of Alex Smith. No, I'm with you as well. You know, I New Orleans at home. I think New Orleans can get up to a big lead, even though you know Washington's been pretty good against the pass. I uh, haven't really gone against too many good offenses to get those numbers. Uh, so Breeze is definitely going to test that. Michael Thomas is definitely going to test those numbers as well. Um, so if that happens at all, you pretty much take Adrian Peterson right out of game script. Chris Thompson is the guy that will be involved heavily in the pass-catching uh, game, as far as I can tell right now. That's my my look at this game script. I think Chris Thompson is absolutely the better play of the two this week, and it's uh, going to be interesting if that comes along. Paul Richardson is going to play this week, so he does give them a little you know, stretch the field capability, but you're just going to have to wonder if Alex Smith is actually going to use it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, on the other side, we'll have to wait and see how Mark Ingram gets worked in. As we look ahead to week six, your Giants on a short week against the Eagles. Jalen Mills has been getting torched. It should be another good week for Odell Beckham. Uh, We'll have to wait and see if Evan Ingram comes back or not and how that affects uh, Sterling Shepard. But, uh, that certainly has the makings of a high-scoring affair. We've seen two consecutive high-scoring affairs on Thursday night when sometimes on Thursday nights, you know, it's been sluggish. Yeah, no, it, it, usually in the past it's been, you know, low-scoring games on Thursday nights, but we've seen that change. Uh, you know, I can't talk to the Giants that way, whether or not they're going to be high-scoring or not. Uh, it's just You just never know what you're going to get out of the Giants from week to week. It's just so inconsistent. Yeah, it is a divisional game, so you know sometimes divisional games don't always follow that script of how you predict it to be high scoring because the teams are familiar with each other. It'll be interesting to see what the over-under for the Buccaneers and the Falcons is next week. Yeah, that should definitely be a nice number uh, going forward. Both these defense having trouble stopping anybody. 
you have the Steelers and the Bengals, and of course, the Chiefs and the Patriots uh, marquee game for week six. Lots of fantasy points and a high over-under. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Football Rewind here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network with Scott and Jim.